Good morning and welcome to February 9th, 2009. It's a brand new Monday and it's the start of a brand new week for me as I seek to listen and to understand. And that, my friends, is a word from Jesus from Matthew 15:10. You know, most of us think we're pretty good listeners, but really, do you listen with the intent of understanding or are you most of the time just listening, uh, thinking about what your response is going to be? It's an interesting topic as we look at how that relates to exercise. And in the end of our message today, we'll look at how that relates to to our relationships. Uh, We hope you'll enjoy it, and we look forward to being with you. My name's Bo Ellis of Christ Across America, and I want to welcome you now to the Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes, listening to your heart. I'm coming to you today from our Tampa studios and joining me by phone as usual from the 1010 Wellness Headquarters in Bradenton is your own Chief Wellness Instigator, Chris Hughes. Good morning, brother. How is it going? It's going great, Bo. How have you been? Hey, man, it's going awesome. Um, I understand you went to the fair over the weekend. Tell me a little bit about how that fit into your training schedule. Well, um, it, it came after training, so it wasn't disruptive. And if you've been to the Florida State Fairgrounds, it's a pretty large area, so I was able to get a lot of walking in uh, amongst uh, dodging different types of fried food creations. Well, Chris, as we embark upon this topic of listening, you know, I just wonder as you're walking around the fair today, what was God telling you as you're getting all this sensory input in uh, such an unusual place? Well, the fair is certainly a great place to people watch, Bo. Big people, little people, uh, fit people, unfit people. And certainly with the with the type of food that they offer there, there's uh, it's not the best place in the world to uh, to try to, to work on your health and wellness. It, that leads us into what I wanted to start with today, Bo. With, it was about a year ago, almost to the day, that I, I wrote a piece in my blog called Listen to Your Equipment. I was prompted to write that because there were a bunch of people that were just flat out getting sick right around this time in February. I think part of the reason for that, just being the winter months, we don't get outside, we don't get as much sunshine, and we know that sunshine converts into vitamin D, and vitamin D plays a large role in, in keeping us healthy. But the other point, or what I was trying to encourage people to do in that piece was just to listen to our bodies. God equipped us with a lot of different gauges, if you will, that we sometimes or or, or most often don't listen to. Like, for example, we sometimes will encounter a little bit more sneezing in a certain day than than normal. Have you ever noticed uh, extra sneezing or coughing? Well, I probably have, and I don't know that I've ever really thought a lot about it or where it's coming from. Where are you going with that? Well, yeah, um, and, and and an occasional sneeze here and there, it's nothing to be alarmed about, but I know I've had occasion where it happens repeatedly throughout the day. And sneezing is no accident. That's your body's way of trying to expel something. It's a definite indi- indication that you have something in your body that doesn't belong there. And we tend to forget about it or ignore it and you know, ignore it at your risk. I use the analogy of the warning lights that we have in the dashboard of our car. You know, if you, if you ignore that check oil light for, for a long time, what's going to happen? Well, I guess your engine's going to blow up. Yeah, you're going to be on the side of the road and uh, you're going to be calling AAA or whoever to pull you 
pull you somewhere to, to get the vehicle fixed. And it's, it's the same with our body. If we ignore some of these virus present indicator lights, as I like to call them, then we're, we're bound to, uh, to get into a worse situation. And, and it's not just sneezing. It can be things like an itchy throat or maybe a feeling of, of lightheadedness. Or it could be, Bo, have you ever uh, had a situation where you got a you know, decent night's sleep the night before, but for some reason the next day you just feel tired? Well, sure I have, but I most likely would pin that on nutrition, or maybe I've just been training really hard and, and just haven't been resting enough. And I think it's awesome that today we're talking about listening to your heart because... It's not just your heart, it's your whole body. And here in Hillsborough County, I read just recently that there's a flu epidemic going around right now. In fact, my kids have, uh, you know, half their classes missing. So it's a little bit weird right now in Temple Terrace, at least. Uh, so many people are getting sick. And I think it's right on topic for where you're at, you know, walking around the fair today. It's just paying attention to what's going on around you. Chris, you'd even talked recently about that being a scoreboard for you, is how often you get sick. So I appreciate that you can bring us there and tell us how your blog piece from a year ago really ties into where we're at today. Well, I guess the whole point of it was not just the individual symptoms, but just to listen, to be more active in what your body is telling you. That requires not only a recognition of the symptoms, but taking it a step further to try, like you were saying just a minute ago, diagnose the reason for those symptoms. And, and I'm not talking about a long or detailed scientific analysis of what's going on, but rather just to acknowledge that, that something's wrong and we need to address it. And generally, what when I'm starting to feel some of these cold or flu-type symptoms, and let me also back up, Bo, if we're well-rested, and we're feeding our bodies properly, giving them the right nutrition, we're more than equipped to swat away the household germs and viruses that we come in contact with. And, and that would include most types of uh, influenza that people seem to fall victim to. But they fall victim to it because of their body's not in a state of preparedness. It's tired, it's fatigued, or it's not properly nourished. So I try to get agreement from people that if you're well-rested and well-fed, you can beat a virus. And a lot of it comes just down to belief. Some people are just so afraid of germs and getting sick that uh, I think they, they scare themselves sick sometimes. Hey, brother, I get that. And I'm glad you brought that up because attitude is so important. I have friends who probably think themselves into their miserable state. And it reminds me of the, the Trinity, really. Uh, the weightlifters especially are heavy on, you know, eat well, sleep well, you know, train hard. And I think about the Holy Spirit and God the Father and, and Jesus himself. And I think about the three of those needing to be one in order for us to achieve a real relationship. And a relationship is founded on, you know, good listening and communication. If we're going to listen to what our bodies are telling us, what I hope we'll suggest today is that we're not just listening while trying to concoct a response the whole while. We're listening with the intent on understanding what's actually going on and creating a response to that that is probably one that's going to work. And we're listening in the context of those three areas of rest, of nutrition, and in training. And as we talk today about active listening and response, 
to that. I wanted to bring up the reason I even you know came up with the idea for this topic today. Um, Chris, the 1010 Wellness Vision is for leading people into lifestyles they can get excited about. And Chris, you and I are always trying to find folks that, that want to get started, and we, we really enjoy helping them get started. So we've got a friend. I've got a friend at Church Wally who was interested maybe in getting cycling and getting going. So, you know, I have a guest bike, and I invited him over here, and we got him all set up to go out on that bike. And, you know, Wally had been a crew guy in college and was used to hitting it pretty hard. But, you know, 10 or so years later, he's he's not been used to that. And we threw him up on the bike, and, you know, that first big downhill left turn, of course, he went up the curb, flipped over the handlebars, and, you know, blew a rear tire out, threw the wheel out of true. Uh, but we got over that quickly and uh, put him right back up on the bike. And when we hit about mile 10, I noticed he is looking at me all cross-eyed and said, you know, I'm gassed. I'm done. Um, I'm, I'm really losing it here. So we backed it down, made it back over to his house. And of course, you know, I'm the guy that wanted him to give it one more good go at the end there. So he cranked it up to about 20, 21 miles an hour, which... For a guy who's not been cycling, it's pretty fast. And uh, he held that for a good minute, minute and a half, and I'm certain that's uh, near or at the uh, maximum heart rate for him. And when we got inside the house, he looked flushed white like a ghost and looked at his wife and said, you know, I'm not feeling well. And next thing you know, he's running for the bathroom and um, unfortunately didn't quite make it. But it was unfortunate and it's funny now, but it could be dangerous especially when somebody is really enthusiastic about getting going and uh, next thing you know they've pushed it a little too hard and it really reminded me of of this idea of heart rate uh, training and trying to find out where that zone is and and making sure that you know what you're doing and maybe just as importantly not getting discouraged by something an event like that i mean i told wally hey bro you just suck it up and get back up on the bike and just maybe be a little more cognizant of heart rate and for that reason i probably recommend that he wear my heart rate monitor next time we go out oh good well i'll tell you that's a great example that we can kind of come back to and and my hat's off to wally for for giving it his best but uh, i'd like to kick my uh my fit friend Bo for pushing him so hard in the beginning definitely not what we want to be doing for somebody who uh who's, who's just getting started we could talk about heart rate monitor training or heart rate training for you know a full day, but let's let's kind of boil it down here. This is super important for somebody who's just getting started because if your if your heart or our, our, our bodies, our cells aren't if you haven't been exercising, aren't trained and aren't well prepared or ready to uh, create energy like someone who is fit and. The way to warm up those uh, cells in our body is just to give them enough oxygen. And that's the term, or you've heard the term aerobic exercise, and that just means exercising with oxygen. Especially for someone who's just starting out, our bodies aren't very good at converting our energy stores into available energy. And in particular, our aerobic systems aren't well developed and the aerobic system is what burns fat. You've heard the term anaerobic, and some people are probably very versed in all this stuff, but when you train anaerobically, in essence, you're burning sugars, and that's a good thing uh, for, for short bursts, but for long, sustained exercise, which is kind of the goal of us 
at least initially. What we're trying to do, Bo, is get our bodies into a, in a state where we're exercising aerobically using oxygen, and that's just the ideal situation for someone who's just beginning. Is that making sense so far? Well, it's funny you mention that because I managed to play some racquetball Friday night, and I hadn't played in a long time, but I played with my buddy Bart Azzarelli, uh, my brother in Christ, and man, he schooled me like I've never been schooled on a racquetball court before. You talk about anaerobic and aerobic, and I'm here I am thinking about this episode with Wally, and I'm really thinking about heart rate training, and here I am just sucking wind on a racquetball court to the point where I thought I was going to die. Um, you're maxing your heart rate out every shot, you know, every exchange, and then you've literally got, you know, what, 10 seconds to try to breathe and get your heart rate back down to a place where, you know, you feel like you're safe. And then here we go, another uh, exchange. So it was a bit humbling for me in, in many ways. Um, you know, I thought I was a pretty good racquetball player until I played with Bart, who evidently was... Um, years ago a really accomplished uh, amateur racquetball player but uh, at his age at 58 years old to be able to hit the shots that he can hit and get to the shots he can get to and not really seem to uh, to get that winded uh, was surprising to me and uh, to his credit but it made me think about heart rate training even all the more uh, because I was curious with those explosive uh, sprint type uh, moves my lower body, uh, my quads that I wasn't used to it were gone after about five minutes and uh, we did play for an hour. So it was a very um, excruciatingly um, hard workout for me. And I can imagine when I think about what Wally was going through out there on that bike, I mean, I'm just spinning along like it's nothing and not really thinking that this guy's pushing it. So I want to tie it all back together and I want to talk about nutritionally how sometimes when, you know, I mentioned the Trinity, this Trinity idea is that nutritionally I know that Friday I hadn't eaten the way I, I felt like I should have that day and uh, that might be the, the muscle failure that I experienced as a result more of a nutritional scene. but. I think it's relevant for this discussion because when you're trying to listen uh, to your body, what you really want to be doing is um, is planning ahead and uh, preparing. So maybe you've got something to, to add to that. Well, let, let me first point out, Bo, I would not recommend racquetball to somebody who's just starting or restarting their exercise program. That is purely an anaerobic activity, and while it's great, it's for somebody who has developed a base of fitness first and kind of going back into the physiology physiology of the situation while you were running around so hard on that court you were burning sugar in essence you were not burning fat and, and it sounds like you didn't have a whole lot of sugar to start with because you hadn't eaten properly that day but when you burn sugar there is a byproduct of that that metabolic process you know uh, you know what lactic acid is don't you I just know it is pain yeah well lactic acid is what uh, what, what comes out of the cellular metabolism of, uh, of sugar and that's why when we exercise anaerobically we tend to get sore because that lactic acid uh, accumulates in the cells and it, it just causes pain in the short term but then also a day or even two days later you have soreness conversely when we're exercising aerobically when we're working out in this in, in, in the healthy zone where we're at about 60 to 70 percent of our maximum heart rate we're burning much more fat and we're not accumulating or creating as much lactic acid so 
that's why for people just getting started, um, if, you, if you can slow it down, go at a lower intensity, you will literally convert uh, or help your muscles to become better fat burners. You're, you're literally training the enzymes or, or developing new enzymes in your cells that can burn fat. And then over time, once you build your base, then you can start to introduce short bursts of, of intensity or speed. And, and maybe that would be um, in a walking program, that means you start to run for a short period of time. Or in a running program, you do intervals where you're running for a, a much higher pace for a short period of time, and then you back off to a slower pace. But that's the right way to do it. And when you do it that way, um, your body responds and grows and, or, or improves, and it, it does it gradually. And it doesn't scare people away, like going out one time and playing racquetball and feeling nauseous afterwards and then sore the next day or two later and then uh, kind of hanging up the, uh, the, the cleats uh, for, for a long period of time. Hey, Chris, I'm beyond sore, all right? My glutes and my quads, they're gone. I can't even bend down. And that today's just the first day. But as a, to get back on the heart rate thing, I wanted to make it real for folks, and especially those that are interested in losing weight. Um, when I first started cycling back in 2006, I needed to lose weight, and I used a heart rate monitor. And what I found out was that if you would keep your heart rate, for me at the time I was 38, and if I, if I would keep my heart rate in this zone of 125 to say 140 beats per minute, which is really about 60-70% of my maximum heart rate, which I think is around 185 beats per minute, that I would be burning more fat in that zone than I would if I was out there you know, trying to kill it. And that's why you hear a lot of people talk about, you know, you burn more fat just walking. And the reason for that is for people just getting started out, you know, that jogging is hard on your body and it it freaks your heart out and, and your heart rate typically is going to be really high in those first few runs or until you get acclimated to that type of exercise. So you're not really going to be burning a lot of fat. Your body's going to be searching for sugar to burn and... Um, you're probably going to be sore the next day, like Chris mentioned, uh, the lactic acid. So I would recommend yes, you do get a heart rate monitor, that you do find out where you can exercise in that zone. If, if you're in your 30s or 40s in, in that 135 uh, range, and take advantage of what's out there. They're not that expensive. They typically will be a, uh, come with a watch you know, that you use to, to monitor and control all that. So... We've drilled down good, I think, Chris, on the exercise piece, and I wanted to touch on today a second, maybe, a area, and that would be nutrition and listening to what your body's telling you nutritionally. You know, we say it all the time, you're only as good as your last meal. Well, I could use my experience at the fair today as a good example. I've been in those situations enough times, whether it's the fair or just other places where uh, food that's of, of questionable integrity, you might say, is being offered, whether it's fried or uh, highly processed or whatever. I've done that enough times, and, and let me let me point out, I, I do enjoy a chili cheese dog and curly fries and all of those things, but I've discovered that when I eat that way, I absolutely, my body responds in, in, in a very a negative way. I, whether I'm sleepy or just lacking energy, I know well enough now that eating that way 
is just not ideal. And as a result, I was at the fair today, and while I saw all this stuff being offered, you know, I really didn't feel tempted just because it was earlier in the day, and I knew that if I ate some of that stuff, I was just going to feel horrible. So I don't know if that's of any help to people, but I'm, I'm just suggesting that if, if, we, if we do listen to our body and, and get an awareness for how certain foods make us feel, I think it will help or improve your desire to eat right. Because there's no question, if you eat a couple pieces of fresh fruit, you're going to feel many times better than if you eat a, a cheeseburger and a large order of french fries. That's funny, and it reminds me sometimes of the engine analogy, the automobile analogy, that you know the, the car is kind of lucky that it uses gasoline, it takes only as much as it needs, and if the fuel tank runs out, um, it's pretty obvious because the car will just stop running. And sometimes I wish our bodies were like that. And it reminds me of Barry Sears' uh, The Zone, um, which has become kind of a franchise for him. But his very simple premise is that if we would administer food to our bodies like a drug, uh, instead of uh, eating for pleasure, we'd find that our bodies would respond hormonally uh, much more favorably than you know, some of the food choices that we do make. Um, you look at endurance athletes and especially these uh, tennis players and swimmers and marathon runners, it's amazing how little food they really take. And what they do or what, what they're doing is they're using food only as it's needed and they rarely would have any excess or surplus, you know, overfill their gas tanks, if you will. So it's funny because as you talk about the fare, if you're eating every three to four hours, you're eating a lean protein and a, and a good carb, and you're putting some good fats with it, you're constructing these hormonally appropriate meals and you're feeling great about yourself, you're just going to go to the fair, you're going to smell those corn dogs, and you might think, hey, I remember when, but you'd be a lot less apt to, to step up and purchase one. Yeah, and let me, throw, uh, let me throw one other item under the bus here, Bo, besides just all the fried fair food. I am amazed at how many people consume energy drinks. And I even have them on occasion. Um, but it's very rare, and, and, and you know, frankly, those things are kind of a crutch. People that uh, work in offices often comment or, or note that by two or so in the afternoon, two or three in the afternoon, they're ready to take a nap. But like you said, if you'll just rewind the, uh, the clock and look at what you just ate for lunch, there's probably a good reason why you're feeling that way. And I think a lot of uh, people could forgo energy drinks if instead of having a, a, a heavy lunch, and we don't, I don't need to break down what heavy means, but instead of a heavy lunch, if you were consuming more just fruits and, and, and fresh vegetables and things like that, it's amazing how much energy your body will have if you just simply do those things. Well, Chris, that's because you're making good choices. And we did a show on choices just a couple weeks ago. What this show is about is about listening uh, with the intent of understanding and then making a proper response. So I hope, people, that you're encouraged to actually listen to what your body's saying and to not be listening with the intent uh, or the the purpose of concocting your response so many times in relationships uh, with friends uh, with spouses you'll tell them you're listening but you're really trying to figure out what you're going to say next and it's hard it even defeats the purpose of listening if if all you're doing is sitting there trying to figure out what you're going to say so chris 
You've said a lot today, and I wonder if you've said all you you planned on bringing. Well, Bo, uh, I guess the only thing, you know, we really haven't talked about the spiritual side of, of listening to our body, but God gave us an amazing awareness of of our senses and and what our body is doing, but we just fail to listen to it and accept the the signs that God gives us through our body. Well, thanks for setting that up because we we listen to um, books and we listen to experts and so often we don't listen to our own bodies or our own friends and our own wives for that matter. Um, the one place that I think we could really look to for truth is the Bible. And it makes sense for us now, I hope, to look and see what the Bible says about this idea of listening. We can start with James 1, verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. In Luke 8:18, Jesus himself says, Therefore consider carefully how you listen. And in John 6:45, Jesus says, It is written in the prophets, They will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from Him comes to me. You know, it's especially interesting that God the Father Himself gives us an idea of what we ought to be listening to. In Luke 9:35, a voice came from the clouds saying, This is my Son, whom I have chosen. Listen to Him. And in Hebrews 2, 1-4, the author writes, We must pay careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. Father God, that's what we're seeking, is your will. God, thank you for the spirit you give us to listen actively uh, for understanding. God, that your kingdom and your glory above all things would be lifted up. God, thank you for our ministries here today and the way active listening can translate into better wellness, better fitness, better nutrition, and Lord, a better witness for those who would seek to find you. God, thank you for finding those who don't know you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, brother. All right, man. We, we made it through another week together, and I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank our sponsors, uh, all of our listeners. I want you to know we're praying for you. Please check out the uh, forums at ChristAcrossAmerica.com. Leave a prayer request. Um, leave a praise report. Let us know how you're doing. Uh, check out 1010wellness.com for Chris's site. And again, we look forward to next week. Chris, any parting shots? Uh, just get your game on, Bo. We've got a good race ahead of us uh, this coming Sunday. We sure do, brother. I look forward to it. I'll see you Sunday in uh, Sarasota for the grouper run. And uh, for now, that's it. It's going to wrap up this segment of the Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes. We'll see you guys next week. This is Christ Across America asking you where are you allowing Jesus to work in your life today? 
guys. Just wanted to take a uh, take a minute and drop a line to you and tell you that uh, I like that make it fun idea. It's been a while since I've ridden with my buddies on uh, Sunday morning, and uh, I just wanted to get out there and do it again. So I rode this Sunday, and it was great. Loved to be outside. The weather was beautiful. A little bit on the cool side, but uh, it was a blast. And it and it really does it does help to have a group of guys to to keep you going. Uh, so I agree with everything you guys had to say. It was a good time. I love the messages. Keep it up the good work. Take it easy. This is Todd in Tampa. Bye.